Hello, my name is Linda Yamsane, and I'm a writer musician living in Finland, which has been my adopted home for the past 18 years. I grew up in New York, where my mother taught me to play piano at a young age. Later, I studied at Bard College, where I received a Bachelor of Arts in Music. As for writing, I'm a newly published author and recently made my literary debut with Odyssey of Love, a memoir of seeking and finding, about my overseas romantic and musical adventures and how they led me to Finland. A few weeks ago, my Finnish husband and I, as well as millions of others around the world, celebrated Christmas, a time of great joy, festivity, and caroling. One carol that we sing every year is Joy to the World, a wonderful reminder that joy is to be shared and that it's for everyone. The holiday season is also a time of giving, whether exchanging gifts with loved ones on Christmas Day, donating to the Salvation Army and other nonprofit groups, or volunteering at a soup kitchen. Today, I'm going to share my story, The Joy of Giving, about how the giving of a violin to a refugee musician created ripples of joy, not only for the recipient, but for me and many others. Six years ago, after a long summer vacation, my husband and I returned to the small island where we live in Helsinki. As our taxi neared our home, we noticed a number of foreign-looking young men fishing off one side of the bridge. By foreign-looking, I mean not Nordic, or tall and blonde. Later that day, we saw dozens more walking in our neighborhood. What was going on, we wondered. An announcement in the community newspaper soon ended the suspense. That weekend, the local Lutheran church was hosting a welcome dinner for the 100 or so refugees who had recently arrived from the Middle East. The church was providing a safe temporary home for these mostly men and was looking for volunteers to serve food at the event. I called and eagerly signed up, hoping that as a native English speaker, I could also help ease the language barrier as none of these refugees spoke Finnish. During that memorable evening, I was happy to see the warm welcome the refugees received from over 500 attendees. As stomachs were filled, joy filled the room. Over the next two months, I and the other volunteers would take turns preparing and serving three meals a day in the church cafeteria. Despite the cultural and language barriers, over time, friendships flourished trust grew, and an organization called Refuge Home was formed. As a board member, I and the others helped these refugees find suitable housing, assisted with their immigration issues, and enrolled them in Finnish language classes. On a lighter note, we celebrated birthdays and holidays together. That first Christmas, we decorated gingerbread houses and made ornaments that were displayed on a pine tree outside the National Museum. In return, the guys, which is what we affectionately called them, taught us some Arabic words, baked and shared meza foods from their homelands, and performed their native dances for us. These moments were also filled with joy, the joy of connecting with people from a vastly different culture, 
the joy of helping and feeling that our contribution was indeed making a difference in their uprooted lives. On one outing, we attended an evening of Middle Eastern music at Babel Club, where a handful of musicians from Syria, Iraq, and Lebanon performed songs from their homelands. These lively and exotic pieces sounded light years away from the more staid classical ones I played on piano and sang in the chorus. During the break, the musicians took turns sharing riveting stories about the dangers they had faced back home, their daring escapes, and harrowing journeys to get to Finland. I was spellbound and moved by their many challenges. Afterward, the organizer of Babel Club, Eric, explained to the audience that this group of musicians had been hastily assembled and had never played together until that evening. The main reason was that Eric had had to scramble to find them instruments as they had all left theirs behind when they fled. Listening to Eric describe his efforts, I had a brainstorm. I thought of my once beautiful childhood violin that had been stored in a Massachusetts facility many years before. I had received the violin as a teenager from Mr. Green, a former violinist who had recently retired and lived in my village. He'd given it to me as a gift with the understanding that I would pass it along to another talented musician one day. In other words, I was to play it forward. I eagerly agreed to Mr. Green's terms, but as soon as I got to college, my musical focus was the piano. I rarely touched the violin. However, after graduation, the violin accompanied me on my numerous moves and from the east to west coast and back. Finally, before moving overseas, I stored it safely in the facility. As I envisioned my violin stashed away, in a corner collecting handfuls of dust, I cringed. What condition would it be in after so much time? The unit wasn't climate controlled, so the violin had been at the mercy of New England's humid summers and bitter winters. I also felt guilty that I hadn't kept my word to Mr. Green. I was determined to change that, and ASAP... On my next visit to the States, I entered the long-neglected storage space, fearful of what I might find. The black cloth violin case was practically threadbare. My heart sank. I opened the rusted latches, and to my surprise, the body of the violin was resting like a reclining Scheherazade against the green silk lining, unaltered. Although the strings had long ago slackened, as had the bridge holding them together, the maplewood varnish was still shiny and attractive. With a few minor repairs, I was confident the instrument was still playable. This was confirmed when I returned to Finland and had this copy of Stradivarius refurbished. I was overjoyed. Soon the violin was spiffed up and only awaited a new master. I then contacted Eric about donating my violin to an asylum seeker. He put me in touch with Borhan, one of Babel Club's organizers, and also a well-connected Syrian Finn in the local music scene. Borhan promised to find the perfect match, 
and soon after wrote that he had discovered Omar, who had once been a professional violinist in Damascus. However, after ISIS had destroyed his home and livelihood there, Omar had become too traumatized to play. Also, during his perilous escape from Syria, his beloved violin had been destroyed by water damage. But since receiving asylum in Finland, Omar had shown interest in the violin again. Borhan sent me an old video clip of Omar as a handsome young man playing with an orchestra in Syria. After watching his skilled, passionate performance, I knew that Borhan had found the perfect candidate. We agreed to meet one week later at a local Turkish restaurant where I would present Omar with the violin. Omar spotted the instrument at once and rushed over to hug me. After settling into our seats, I gave him the violin, which he cradled like a newborn son. Then he proceeded to serenade Borhan, me, and the other diners with exotic Arabic scales and folk songs. As applause filled the cavernous room, his brown eyes sparkled. After a long hiatus, Omar was playing again. He had reconnected with his passion for music, something that I, as an on-again, off-again lapsed pianist, fully understood. Over the next few years, my husband and I heard Omar perform with various Middle Eastern ensembles and at different venues, from Babel Club to Art Night in Helsinki to the Majestic Savo Theater. Then, in August 2019, Omar Borhan and other Babel Club regulars headlined my milestone birthday party. As Borhan sang with Omar, accompanying him on the violin, my heart leapt for joy at how my gift had come full circle. My mother had always told me that the more you give, the more you get. And I marveled at how the singular gift of years ago still continued to inspire joy in me and the other listeners. I was also happy that I'd finally kept my promise to Mr. Green and was sure he would be too. As a new year begins, it is my dream that all people, regardless of ethnicity, location, financial status, gender, religious beliefs, can share equally in creating and experiencing joy. After all, it is joy to the world we sing, not joy to a select few. As you can gather from my story, by giving we can spread joy around the world. So let's get busy and work together to accomplish this. There is certainly enough joy to go around. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Sydney, for inviting me on your podcast. I wish all of you a most joyful 2022. We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time. 